0: What's up, everyone? Today, we have a special announcement for Bingetown TV. Uh, before we get started with our actual episode, we're very excited to announce our first official podcast sponsor, Riverside. Bam, 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 bam. I don't know if we have that noise. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> uh, so we've been doing podcasts podcast for almost four years, about 500 episodes at this point. And over that time, we've tried out a bunch of different recording and editing softwares. After a lot of trial and error, we eventually discovered Riverside and haven't looked back. Riverside is an all-in-one podcast and video platform that lets you create content easily and quickly, including social media clips, transcriptions, video marketing, webinars, so much more. Uh, it records locally, bypassing any poor internet connections to produce studio quality audio. They even have an entire library of tutorials called Riverside University that allows you to unlock the software's true potential and just basically a one-stop shop for all your resources. They also have an amazing support team that's super helpful and responsive, and they helped us a lot in our transition off of other platforms onto Riverside. They always answer questions and they troubleshoot any type of issues that you have. If you create content of any kind, either for fun or as a professional, or even if you're just looking for a new audio video software to chat with your friends and family, do yourself a favor and check out Riverside. You can try Riverside for free at Riverside.fm, or you can use the promo code TV, one word, for 15% off. We'll leave the link and all the promo codes, all the details that you guys are going to need in the show notes. Uh, so once again, that is Riverside.fm, and the promo code is TV for a discount. Thanks again to Riverside for being an awesome service, sponsoring this episode and being our first official sponsor. Woo! With that being said, we are titling today's recommendation episode Hidden Gems. Our only criteria for today was to pick a show that you know personally less than three people in your life that have seen the show. So don't expect any of these mainstream heavy hitters for this specific episode. You're not getting Stranger Things or Game of Thrones. Just think smaller hidden gems that this TV podcast, that, I mean, besides Dave, maybe, maybe <laughs> besides Dave, but either way, uh, this is just going to be another announcement for this specific episode. It's going to be split into two parts. There's four of us today. It's me, Paul, Kathleen, and Dave. We're each going to give one recommendation in each of the parts. So the total of eight recommendations split between two podcasts. After you're done listening to this one, the second part should be released as well. So if you do us a favor, go listen to that. If you enjoyed this one and That was a lot of talking, so to kick off the podcast, I think what we're going to do is a little popcorn, you know, elementary style, and uh, I think that's what we did last time. So, for the first hidden gem, I'm going to popcorn over to Kathleen.
1: I love being first. I love it. (laughs) Okay, boys. uh, My first one is going to be School Spirits, originally on Paramount Plus, but the reason I found it was because it's streaming on Netflix now. Netflix has seemingly getting all these deals from from other streaming services. Like I've seen HBO shows on Netflix now. They, they're getting all these kinds of streaming shows. So this is School Spirits. It dropped in March of last year. So I really don't know many people who watched it, but when I posted it on my Instagram story, I've got like a few people that were kind of like coming out of the woodwork being like, I fucking love this show. It was great. So some of the like details about it, eight episodes, Paramount Plus or Netflix, Rotten Tomatoes, 83 critics, 89 audience, which is great for a Mm -hmm. little show like this. All right. So here's the pitch. I'm going to pitch it to you guys. I think I already did in the, in the chat, but that was a long time ago. So the pitch is this, and I'm going to just going to give like the opening scene. It's going to, it's not very spoilery because it's the first, like maybe, three minutes of the episode. So you open and this girl Maddie is like up on the top of the, of an auditorium, like a school auditorium looking down at an assembly and she's watching this assembly and her face is on the gigantic screen saying like missing. She's a missing girl. Okay. Her own face. There's some like kids behind her and stuff too. Um, But basically she's watching, Uh, this assembly of her being missing and you find out that she's dead. Okay. Now everyone up in the bleachers with her is dead. It's the type of thing where if you died on the premises of the school, you stay at school for eternity. Now there's all kinds of like fun world building in this and rules. It's based off of interestingly enough, a book that also came out last year. So it like dropped all at once. It wasn't like a book and then the show. I think they were made in tandem by the same people. Uh, but it's so charming and had me hooked. It's like, I still love a high school drama, even though I'm 30. Uh, there's something like super charming about a coming of age. And it's like this girl coming to grips with like, she's dead and she could see all of her friends hanging out, but she can't leave the premises. So anyone, anything she like, Like she can't see her mom unless her mom were to come onto the school property or whatever it is. So basically the whole premise of the show is she's trying to solve her own murder. Now there's some really cool twists. And I kept being like, I'm one step ahead of this fucking show. I know exactly who it is. And it kept twisting it on me every single episode. It was like, okay, never mind." And the (laughs) final like twist is amazing. And then it is renewed for a season two. So, just something I really think you guys would like. It's sci-fi. It's cool and has some like rules of its own within the universe that I that I like because I've seen things where you know you die in the house and you stay in the house, right? Like *Haunting of Hill House*, etc. Mm-hmm. A little bit Oh, you know we
0: love rules.
1: Yeah, *American Horror <laughs> Story* season one, things like that. So, um, I really think you would enjoy it. Eight episodes. It's they're all less than an hour, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah, I, I'd add it to your list. I think it's a it's a great little show and really worth the watch. I Afterwards, I was like, there's got to be just like a million, quote unquote, hidden gems like this out there. I clicked it on a win one day and just felt so happy that I did. And I was like, mm-hmm. I need more of those little like bangers and like bright little spots and TV. I fucking love that.
0: Anyone um, super famous? Did you mention?
1: Not really. Um, Peyton List, I believe, is the actress who plays Maddie. She's really good. Uh, There's this guy, Milo, from like the zombie movies on uh, on uh, Disney. That of course, my friend Julia is like, I love those movies, and I'm like, what the fuck, (laughs) you weirdo? They're for kids. But (laughs) uh, yeah, he was great. He was excellent in it. But no, it's like a a, mostly a cast of unknowns for for me, and I and I like that.
2: Yeah, I've actually I've never heard of the show, but. I'm actually watching true detective season one right now. And it's just reminding me how much I love a nice like murder case or murder mystery. Yep. And I feel like, again, this is just something right on my because Me and Luke are always talking mind on these kinds of pods. And here we yep. go again, bringing it up again. Um, <laughs> so I feel like it, Absolutely sounds like a, an interesting watch for me. I think I might have to get right into it after True Detective.
3: That sounds honestly perfect for me and Emily, too. We're always looking for shows to start and watch. Yes. And it's like the fact that it's a mystery and we get to say that each other's theories are dumb. <laughs> fun of them when, You know, the the real theory comes out. That would be so fun. So yeah. put this one high on the list.
1: I love a Who It, But okay, <laughs> Paul, if you like it, I'm going to throw it to you, popcorn style. Uh,
3: oh, snap. All right. So... There's probably a few of you out there that have seen this, but not nearly enough have. So this is going to be Space Force on Netflix. This is going to be starring Steve Carell as the lead, Lisa Kudrow as his wife, John Malkovich, Jimmy O. Yang, Ben Schwartz, a.k.a. John Ralphio. He's the head of media relations for the Space Force. It is a star-studded cast. And those are only the reoccurring ones. If you see the just the first... Five minutes of the first episode, you will recognize at least 12 to 15 celebrities that you know. It is insane. I guess because they're all buddies, because Steve Carell actually did help create the show. But what it is, is Steve Carell plays a four-star general, General Naird, who oversees operations at the new Space Force division. He recently got promoted to four-star general. First mission, oversee the Space Force. So... This is obviously new territory, so it's tough starting the ground. Things don't nearly go correctly. (laughs) Um, And it's because the president wants uh, complete air and space superiority, and it's mostly against China. So they're constantly rushing to beat to certain satellite protections and this and that. And it's so funny. I would say it is kind of a sitcom. I would say it is a sitcom, but. It's so close to being like a really good, touching show too, because it really does have serious scenes. Um, but it does have ongoing. I would say it's it's sitcom in the, in the sense that it's more of a problem and solution in the beginning of the episode and the sure. end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But there is ongoing storylines throughout the season, which always adds so much. Um, Steve Carell is unbelievable. He's so funny. I mean, he is the show, but there's so much beyond him to back him up. It's perfect. Um, and it takes place when um, Trump was in office. So that only matters because there's constant references to it. Jokes, relations with different countries. It <laughs> only makes sense if he's in office. Okay. So it got a season two. Um, there's 10 episodes in the first season and then seven episodes in the second season, all around 30 minutes. Easy binges.
0: So that, that gives me two quick questions for you. Is this the first show that Steve Carell has done since The Office? Like, reoccurring show, do you think?
3: That's a good question. And I want to say, off the top of my head, yes. I think it is, too. You know, he's been the lead. I know he's been the lead in a lot of movies he's, and stuff like that in between. He was on The
1: Patient in on Hulu. Where, like, True. he was taken and put in the basement, and he that's another one for this if you've never seen it. <laughs> uh, but basically, <laughs> he's like a serial killer kind of takes him and puts him in the basement, and Steve. Oh, I know to, what like, that is. Talk I him, yeah, never talk him that, out yeah. of killing him for a million episodes. It
0: was good. But, watch it. but anyway, I was just curious because how does this compare? This is a podcast full of Seth MacFarlane fanboys. So how does this compare to the Orville? Because you've seen a little bit of that, right? Is it the same type of idea? Maybe the Orville's more like Star Trek-y and this is like grounded in Earth. Is that the bigger key difference there?
3: Uh Yeah. Yeah, I would say that there's nothing crazy like sci-fi-y about it. Okay. Um, It does have to do a lot with space, but it's mostly protecting satellites that we have up in orbit or testing new rockets to trying to get people on the moon again it is a comedy but it's it is kind of ridiculous how much they go into the experimental operations and how much the funding actually costs for it like the first episode a missile blows up at launch and they're like oh shit all right how much did that cost And the guy's like six. And he's like, six million? And he's like, no, six middle schools. That cost six middle schools (laughs) worth of money. (laughs) So like that that kind of shit happens all the time. Nice. Um, And it is so funny. The episodes usually end with amazing one-liners. I know one in particular I always think of. I crack up. It is really funny
2: and honestly really easy to watch. Nice, it's crazy. Is I feel like even with the star-studded cast, I've never heard or seen the show once ever. Even when really, I've just never
0: seen it at, uh, marketed.
2: Even when we have it, like Netflix, just you know doing the thing where it's just recommending shows or based off what you watch. I don't think I've ever seen this pop up on it. <laughs> I, I'm looking at pictures of it now. I've never seen this show before, which is crazy. So great yeah, choice.
1: It it kind of fell in the background, like it. I feel like it was back a couple of years ago, right? So it was in that era of like they threw shows at you, and if it doesn't explode and become a phenomenon, they kind of were just like, "All they right, it, next, man. what do we got next?" I I watched maybe half of the first episode because I love Steve Carell and love The Office. Um, never got into it. I'm not. I'm just like almost never gonna click like a thirty minute laugh show. I just I'm not. But um, I tried for him, but. I'm glad you like it, Paul.
3: Still <laughs> so great. Ah, uh, yeah. Stand by. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. All part. right. I'm going to popcorn. We'll get over to Dave. Okay.
2: Oh, bring it to me, Daddy. Um, being one of the the few members of the anime portion of Binge Town TV, I thought it'd be only appropriate to recommend an anime here. The anime that I'm going to recommend here is Juni Tyson, the Zodiac War, and that's it's Japanese. So I'm going to spell it out. J-U-N-I space T-A-I-S-E-N. Now, this is a little bit of an annoyance because it's not totally accessible. I believe it's only available on Crunchyroll, maybe Funimation, but I know that Amazon Prime now is offering the option to give Crunchyroll subscriptions to Amazon Prime members. So I think for an extra like $5, you have access to Crunchyroll. I think there's also a free trial. So if you want, to check out some of that anime content that Amazon Prime's offering. This would be a great show. It's only 12 episodes. It's one season. It's done just like that. It's based on a Japanese light novel that and the anime aired in 2017. It's a very simple plot. It's just about 12. I don't know if it's of the world's deadliest. It just, I'm just going to say 12 deadly warriors who basically have to face off against each other in a battle royale style fight to the death. The winner of the tournament will have any one of their wishes granted. And each of the twelve warriors is representation of the Chinese zodiac, so rooster, dog, uh, rabbit, so on and so forth. I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to name all twelve of them. <laughs> um, but each character has their own, you know, unique designs, their own each uh, unique fighting style. And the main reason it's a great anime to get started with is because one, it's quick. Like I said, it's twelve episodes, and that's it. Two, it has very well done fighting scenes for its time. Again, it started in 2017. I know if you have watched anime, you're spoiled now with shows like Jujutsu Kaisen, Demon Slayer, but even for 2017, I feel like this anime holds up. And the last reason that I would recommend this as an anime too, is because it's not pervy like other animes. A lot of <laughs> anime spend time providing fan service unnecessarily and providing unnecessarily sexualized characters, which often turns a lot of people away from anime but this one is just purely action so if that's just something that you're interested in i would highly recommend this each episode's 30 minutes long so you, i know luke did this in maybe two days recently mm-hmm. and i will say i will be honest it has a 6.5 on imdb and a 6.6 on my anime list which is like the anime rotten tomatoes essentially but i feel like that's fair if you think about it as a 6.5 i feel like that's just a decent solid television show it's not bad it's not great but again for 12 episodes it's trying to tell a story very quickly and i think it does a very good job of just telling this basic story again just a battle royale winner takes all
0: mm-hmm. and
2: i think it's just very well done
0: like dave said i consumed this whole thing in like a day and a half probably like a month or two ago so he's been preaching it for a while and i loved it the bad guy is awesome So I don't want to spoil like what Zodiac sign or anything like that or powers or anything like that, but it was a great watch.
2: And yeah, it took me like a day and a half to watch the whole thing. It may end up becoming a little predictable, but I still don't think it takes away from the ending and just how certain characters accomplish their goals or how they beat other characters in fights. Even though you may easily kind of predict who the winner will be, I still think there's some twists and turns that are very incredible. The ending twist
0: was fucking awesome but yeah. i'll leave it at
2: that
1: what if i like the pervy stuff then what
2: oh, we got well, a bunch for you then yeah then i can recommend <laughs> try
0: any some other anime, anime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i
2: got i got a list here if we want them but yeah juni tizen zodiac war available on crunchyroll funimation and amazon prime if you have the crunchyroll subscription with amazon prime nice and i guess i have to pop the last kernel here and send it over <laughs> to luke
0: all right. So it's been a while since I talked. That was a good break. For my first pick, I'm going to pick an Apple TV original. It's called For All Mankind. So I'm shocked that I know nobody in real life that has watched this show because this is on the more pretentious side of TV, I would say. So I would expect friend of the pod like Tyler to maybe have seen it, but I don't even think he mm-hmm. has. Like I don't know anybody that's seen this. And I'm very hesitant to recommend it to people because this is the definition of a slow burn that is completely carried by amazing acting. Uh, I'll give you a couple of reasons why, but I just want to start off by saying it's currently four seasons. The fourth season came out a week and a half ago, which I was very pleasantly surprised to see because Apple does a pretty bad job of marketing a lot of their new shows. And this is actually one of their most popular shows. So I really wish like, I'm a fan of it and I didn't even really know it was like coming out that, that soon. But either way, it's getting the numbers. I believe that season five is already in the works. So it's planned to be six or seven seasons, but right now there's four seasons out. So each season is 10 episodes. They're about an hour each. And what this show is about, the quickest pitch I would say is that it's an alternate timeline in American history that takes place in 1969 where the Russians beat the Americans to the moon. That's the very, Main premise of the show. And then we see the cascading effects of what happens to international politics, what happens to NASA, what happens to the moon. All of those things play out over the course of the seasons. Like the beginning 1969 pilot episode is holy shit, the Russians beat us to the moon. That's like the opening scene. So. I'm a sucker for space this I pretty much watch anything space wise like whether it's expanse lost in space whatever it is this one's up there for just the hundred yeah of course (laughs) uh this one might be like the one I would be most comfortable recommending to somebody that really likes like high quality tv and doesn't care about all like the fan servicey kind of things it has a 8.1 on imdb 93% critic and then 82% audience on Rotten Tomatoes, but season two and season four of 100% from critics. So like the most recent season I heard, which I'm in the process of catching up on right now, I heard it's amazing. And season two was pretty much perfection. Some of the key pulling factors, I guess, of this is it stars Joel Kinnaman, who Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys know he's from like Suicide Squad, The Killing, like he's in a bunch of things. He's a great actor and he is the lead. He crushes this role. This is probably my favorite role I've ever seen him in. Um, And then, of course, got to bring it up now—a Binge Town TV sighting of Chantel Van Santen, uh, aka Butcher's wife from The Boys—is the co-lead, or maybe like the third on the call sheet, and she's great. I love her. Uh, So she's a huge part of the show. So, like I said, like part that's tough is you can't just watch one episode and get addicted to it. You need to you need to go in knowing it's going to be a slow burn that talks about all these politics and these effects of what's going on in space. But it's cool because. Like you go to the moon, you go to the, you go to outer space and then you see the headquarters of NASA constantly. So it's really like all of that's amazing. And like the cinematography is masterful, but again, it gets carried by how fucking amazing the acting is. Uh, And there's probably other recognizable actors that I don't really know too much, but they're a lot of like, you know, upper B listers, I would say maybe all in all, it's a great show. The last piece about it that's really cool and and unique for for all mankind is that it is a it plays over the course of I think we're up to 2003 in season four. So it is a moving timeline that years skip in between episodes and the characters like the actors are aged up. Like, Mm. so they this is like, a you know, four decades later, we're seeing the guy we're seeing Joel in season one, then season four, he's all gray hair. He's basically like a grandfather at that point. So I was just gonna say you mentioned
2: that there's NASA's headquarters on the moon. I was like, I was just about to ask you, like, what is the timeline of things? Because if the first episode takes place in 1969, like you said, then, you know, obviously, technology wouldn't have advanced that quickly to the point where they would be able to be capable of putting a headquarters on the moon.
0: But that's the thing, though. It yes. the, the pressure from the Russians beating Americans does cause the technology okay. to Fair to ex- to you know change quickly. But all in all, that's without getting into spoilers. That's pretty much like my pitch for it. There's there's some LGBTQ plus uh, representation, Kathleen. Hey, no. that I know you would love. So, uh, actually, one of my favorite characters is is like a great representation on that. It's a big plot point because it's like the 1960s. into the 70s so it's actually like you know we're in the you got to keep it quiet because you don't want it to affect your astronaut or like your nasa status so that's like fun pop points but all in all like the president's involved all of this is just very good dramatic tv and i want somebody to watch it so i could talk about because i know nobody uh and what i would say for binge town host if you guys are familiar with our podcast outside of these recommendation type style episodes I would say Kyle, Jimmy and Kathleen are probably the most likely to like it a lot. I know Kyle really enjoys like the space type of dramas like that, too. So I would say that that's probably I'm not I'm not out here pushing Paul and Dave. I'm not saying start it right away because, you know, but anyway, that's my recommendation. I love that show. So I think just to quickly recap here, Kathleen recommended School Spirit from Paramount Plus. Paul picked Space Force from Netflix. Dave picked Junie ties in the Zodiac Wars from Crunchyroll, and then I picked For All Mankind, Apple TV.
1: We got and range. Those
0: are some hidden gems, if you ask me. Yeah,
1: baby, I love that. And and for the record, Luke, that's on my list. Good pitch mm-hmm. on the list. Great,
2: nice. Nice, 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 I added School Spirit to my list. Actually, I love that.
0: <laughs> we should just do a rotation where, like, you know, each one of us watches one of their other shows, and then we yeah. report yeah. back. Uh, but anyway, any other final com- comments before we get out of here?
1: Now we'll see you in part two.
0: Yeah, I'm going to wing this outro. Uh, You know, you probably heard it a bunch of times at this point. We have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, follow Bingetown TV and subscribe wherever you can. YouTube. We're trying to build the Discord currently. So we have a good community over there. If you are interested in any of the shows we cover, we have constant conversations between the hosts and fans that join into the Discord. And it's just great content all around. So hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media, we're there. We love doing this shit. We've been doing it for four or five years, 500 episodes. And these type of recommendation style episodes are probably going to co- become more popular because it's just a way for us to throw some of our guilty pleasures out there to you guys. Yeah. So I think that's it. You can catch us in part two for the second half of the hidden gems. So for now we are Binge TV. And thanks for listening.
1: Whoop. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.